Hey, what's up, everybody? Greatest show on dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I am your host, Quinn. Listen, what is up, everybody? Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. I've been pumping out a few lately, which is nice. So your um patronage is really nice. No, I really mean it. Like it's uh, it means a lot to anybody listen to this podcast, you know, and I probably sound like a broken record, but like I really mean it when I say the community, you know brings me a lot of joy every day, you know, talk to a lot of different people on Instagram, on the podcast, you know, hear like the coolest baseball stories and stuff like that. It's definitely appreciated. And I find that, you know, showing gratitude for that, it always improves my day. And I think it's just really important to do that and not forget that because I think that's what sort of brings people together, you know, is that recognition that, we, uh, you know, we can sort of come together and, you know, sort of just like be friends, I guess. And that even goes, you know, yeah, like I said, on the podcast and on the Instagram, you know, to sort of come together and be thankful for that on a daily basis, I think helps us in the chaotic internet world we live in. And I think it's a good thing, you know, to sort of come together. It's like the internet always gets a bad rap because it's like new technology. Like I loved my fucking landline back in the day, right? It was a shit or like, if you wanted to see if a buddy was home, you would have to get on your bike and ride your bike over there to see if they were home. Or I remember getting my license when I was 16 and riding my bike to people's houses. Oh, shit. No, when I got my license when I was 16, I would drive to people's houses. So I didn't get a cell phone until I was like 19. And if that person was at home, you would just drive home, right? And now you can like get in touch with everybody. And that stuff sort of gets a bad rap. I mean, for me included, you know, like when it comes to my wife, my daughter and I, like our phones are put away. And, you know, we'll just get some coloring books out or we'll take her outside and go dig some holes in the ground. And it's really fun. But I am very thankful for this podcast and the Instagram because it's. I feel like I've met so many people and heard so many cool baseball stories, funny stuff, meaningful stuff. So it's definitely appreciated. So that's a long thank you. But thanks for tuning in is basically what I want to say. This is another guest episode. I've got this one plus two more after this. So I had John Aiken, really rad dude, man, from up north. Goes to a ton of baseball games, has a ton of cool baseball stories. You'll enjoy this podcast. John's like, the best way I would describe him is he's a very optimistic, like energetic, happy baseball fan who just has a ton of really good stories that'll just make you smile and make you happy. So it's fun to have him on. So tune into it. But until then, um, let's get to the sponsor. Listen, Hood Hat. Hood Hat still Hood Hat still sponsors this show. Thank goodness Max hasn't left yet. But listen, Max makes a great product. And I'm really to ha- really happy to have Hood Hat as a sponsor on the podcast. So you can go to their website at hoodhat.com or find them on Instagram at Hood Hat USA. Listen, these are handmade hats in New York City. 100% merino wool. You've heard me talk about these over and over again. The color is amazing. The feel of the hats are cool. You know, like when I put them on, I feel way cooler than what I actually am, which is great. And the hats sort of take me back. They're super nostalgic. His motto is never leave it behind. And, you know, if you're like a Braves fan or a Phillies fan or Mets fan, you know, Pirates fan, Phillies fan, there is a hat for you. Now, these hats, they don't say the team names on them, but they say like the neighborhood. Like if it's a Mets hat, it'll say Queens Flushing. Or if you're a Phillies fan, you can get a maroon hat that says Philadelphia, and then it says the vet on it. You know, it's like that script uh, font, you know, like the old sports specialties hats, man. And so it has that super, super nostalgic feel like the Clark Griswold hats. Yeah, they're so badass. These are, I mean, I love them. They're great hats. I've got probably like nine or 10 of them. 
like straight up hoarder style, but I'll routinely put them on and then go to the baseball fields and just slug homers or try to at least, but they're really good hats, you know, and what's really cool. And I've never mentioned it on here is they have a hat customizer tool and I'm so close. Listen, I grew up in Marion, Illinois. And the street I lived on was Aikman Street, like Troy Aikman, right? All kinds of shenanigans went down on that street, dude. We would build bike ramps out front, you know, go get, you know, we build a bike ramp in the morning, go get stitches in the afternoon. <laughs> so like, we were just bad kids, man, lighting stuff on fire, lighting up fireworks, you know, blowing up mailboxes, whatever we could do. And I'm so close to getting a hat that says Marion on it and say Aikman Street, because to me, like Aikman Street is so hardcore, but that's what hood hat represents, man. It's like where you're from, you know, the hats are intended to bring about like these nostalgic memories. And that's what's so fun about them. So check them out, hoodhat.com. Uh, find them on Instagram, hoodhatusa, really rad stuff. But otherwise, let's get to John Aiken and hope you guys enjoy the podcast. All right, we will, uh, well, here it is. All right, what's up, everybody? Hello. We're recording now. John, what's up, man? Um, greatest hey, what's show, up? The greatest show on Dirt Live from the Sweet Bee Studios. Listen, I got my buddy John on the line, man. He's a listener of the podcast. John, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah. Hey, brother, how you doing? Dude, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Season's in full swing. It's getting warm out. Cicadas drive me nuts. But other than that, it's all good. Dude, cicadas, that's the best sound in the world. And since summertime is here, like the heat, dude, like that's one of the things. Like it's taken me a little while as I've gotten older to like enjoy the heat. But when summer comes around and it's just hot and like you're outside like mowing the yard, sweating balls, and the cicadas are chirping, that it anymore is my favorite time of the year because it gets us outside. And I love that. Yeah, it's like it's like background noise here. Maryland's yeah. got um, the brood, like whatever seventeen year every seventeen years yeah. they come out. So I mean, you go outside in the morning, it's like just buzzing constantly. It'll buzz all the way into the darkness. Yeah, it and, was. Um, yeah, it was like that in Illinois, where um, like cicadas were all around, and now being in the Carolinas, like it's a lot of frogs, but the sound is sort of similar. And, like, when you just get, like, yeah. that hot, stale heat of a summer day. I remember going to the Sandlot as kids, and you'd hear the cicadas, and it would just be a hot summer day, just stale, sticky, nothing's moving. You're going to be in the house by noon playing Sega. And, like, I love that time of year. And plus, like, now that baseball's back in full swing, like, last year was such a strange year for baseball last in year. general, but just for life. Last year, well, I'm a critical care nurse, so – you know how my life has been the last, the last year and whatever. I've been doing this for over 30 years. I never, ever realized how much I missed baseball to last year. It almost the, it almost killed me. You know, people get stressed out and, and traumatic stress and all that other stuff and all the stuff we went through with that and all the bodies and all the other things. But I'll tell you, baseball this year, I said April 1st. Get me, Lord, please get me to April 1st. And I and I call. I must have called. The, I'm a Phillies fan, and so I got a Phillies tickets. And I, I must have called the ticket office like a like thousand <laughs> times. Like I need tickets for opening day. I need tickets for opening day. There's probably like a sign. This number calls. Just idiots asking for opening day tickets again. <laughs> you know. So I got them, and and I just like I would come home, and it would just be a bad night. It would just be horrible, and I see those tickets. I'm like, you know what? It's it's gonna happen. We're we're gonna go. 
We're going to do this. We're, we're getting there. It's, it's going to happen. And I'll tell you, since then, I've probably been to like six games. Um, and honestly, as soon as MLB ticket comes on, I get that with the phone and I'm, I'm like watching games and rewatching games, watching, you know, a bunch of old world series. And it's like, Oh God, it's like every night I, I got a game on, you know, some nights I have two games on a couple of times. I had the TV, the split screen on the computer, the TV on and my phone. It's like, you know, I got, my name is John and I have a problem. <laughs> I was like, it's just, it's so great. And then I sit there and I talk to people and, you know, my best buddy, I've got, like, two friends I've had. They were, like, blood brothers over baseball. It's just – it's it's so it, – it makes everything even, man. It makes the world, like, together, you know. It puts it to, my world anyway. Dude, I would agree with that you know? 100%. Like, it's – like, me and you are talking right now. This is only the second conversation we've had by phone. Baseball has this beautiful way – of bringing people together. And I'm like you, I missed the game so much and I didn't realize, I guess how important it was to me. And life is weird like that. Sometimes it takes something dramatic and drastic and not good for you to realize, you know, like how good something is. I took a, when I was in college, I took this class. that was about, it was like a behavioral class and it taught, it analyzed human behavior. And it talked about how humans, can't really change their behavior unless something drastic happens, a death, a divorce, a birth, or something like that. And sort of like, you know, my sister is sort of in the same line of work as you, and she's not a critical care nurse, but she's a nurse that works in the OB. So she's seen a lot of stuff, man. And, you know, you guys are the real heroes out there going you know, to work every day. day. Dude, she's told me stories that, like, I can't imagine. But I have to believe being in a position you guys are in, you know, it's – you, you see a lot of bad, but you also do a lot of good. And you're probably, I would imagine, able to appreciate life more being in that, you know, arena of, yeah. you know, seeing, you know, you see, you maybe see something bad that happens, but the fact that you're there grinding and, you know, I mean, you're literally saving lives. Like, I think that's a wonderful thing. And I would imagine even that on a daily basis and, you know, during COVID and, you know, baseball being taken away and really life being taken away when, you know, stores open back up. Like I was so happy to go to the grocery store and I was like, this is fun. Like I can go to the store, like we're vaccinated up. Like, you know, this is like life is getting back to normal. And, but with baseball, it's like, I haven't been to a game yet this season. The last game I went to was probably a minor league game in 2019. Dude, I just can't go. I can't wait to get back and just buy a hot dog and, you know, hear the gloves oh, and the bats me, and those little all things. About that. It's just something little about things. I'm telling you all of it, all of it. It's like, it's like, you know, your sister, like I said, when they have a bad day and they're her job, it's bad because mm-hmm. things go wrong, like crazy wrong. But, like, to, but to be able to talk about the game, like, okay, like my job, I meet people well, from 18 on up. I mean, I meet people that are 100 years old. I meet people. So a lot of these older folks and older, even women and adults like, or men, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, I see him watching a ball game. I'm like, hey, I says, what's on? He goes, oh, I'm just watching the game. I says, are you, are you a fan? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my brother and I, or my sister and I went to this, or my 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 dad was, or my uncle was. I had a guy that was a hundred years over a hundred years old, and I I went and talked to him, and he's he says to me, he says he was watching the Orioles. I says, oh, he says, I like the team this year. 
Because I don't know about that Machado kid. He's a little arrogant for me. <laughs> I, said, I said, so So I said, so I looked at him. He's over 100 years old. But he's, like, right on it, man. He's, like, knowing, like, all the players, all the new stats. I'm like, so who, who was – I said, who was, your, who was your guy? Who was your, who was your biggest guy you ever saw? And the guy told me he saw Babe Ruth play. I was floored. I pulled That's up a chair. Idea. I'm like, I told him, I says, look, I says, I got a few things to do. Can I come back and talk baseball with you? He goes, sure. He says, I love the game. He says, I'll, I'll talk all night. He says, I said, well, I, said, I got to work. But I said, I'll come back. And he, he's telling me they went to New York. They saw Babe Ruth play. You've seen Lou Gehrig. You've seen all these people. It's like, then you look at it. Every generation has their heroes. Your generation is your heroes. We're not that far apart by 20 years. But I have my favorites. You have your favorites. Your dad had his favorites. His grandfather had his favorites. But you know what? It's the same game. It's like a religion, man. It's like 90 feet. It's always been 90 feet. 60 foot six. Three up, three down, three strikes, four balls. It's all the same. You know what I mean? The fields have changed. Some of the playing has changed. But it's pretty much all the same thing. So you could go into any any building, any country, any part of the world. You don't speak the language. You don't even know what they're eating. You don't know if you're supposed to wear one shoe or two. You don't know nothing about anything. But you sit down at a ball game, you get it. Like, that's the pitcher. That's the hitter. That's the nine men. You know, there it goes. You know, I get this. Oh, he's going to steal. And they cheer. You cheer. You Like, you get it. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? They could drop you in the middle of Korea. You wander into a ball yard, and they're like, oh, I get this. I know what this is. I, I, I know how this works. You know? And, and then everybody's, like, friendly and stuff. It's, it's a whole different type of sport, man. Yeah, and it's like, you know, and we live in an age where, like, everybody's on the internet and they'll sort of, like, talk shit to people. And, like, it's the, the, like people aren't personable anymore. Like, you would talk to me about, like, newspapers and, like, paper schedules, like, when, you know, everything was just printed and everything wasn't electronic. You know, like, the, the, the world we live in right now, as handy as it is, you know, it's so electronic, you lose a lot of that personal touch, right? Like a lot of people don't even like take a pen and write it on a piece of paper anymore. But like baseball does that, like it breaks down those walls, you know, like you had said something about people being friendly and it's like, you could be in the grocery store pissed off because you're at the self checkout and the lines 10 minutes. But if the guy next to you has got a Phillies hat on, you're going to talk to him for 20 minutes after you've checked out, you know? And like, I'm thankful to be having this conversation with you and the fact that you're on the podcast because it brings people together. And it's a, it's a great way to just like, you know, have meaningful relationships, like to talk to a dude that's a hundred years old. Like some of the, my favorite conversations are with people that are much older than me because they have such a different perspective on life. And like when I was younger, I don't think I valued those relationships as much. And as I watched like both of my, all four of my grandparents pass away, you know, two of my grandparents passed away, both of my grandpas when I was really young and you know, one of my biggest regrets is, you know, not sitting down and talk to them more because I remember, you know, having some conversations with them and, you know, stories they would have like war stories and stuff like that. But I just think it's, it's a wonderful thing to build a, like a human connection with somebody. And for some odd reason, baseball does that really well. And I I don't know why I think it's the way like we start with baseball, you know, like it's something that, like you said, it brings people together, but you can sort of carry it with you your whole life, right? You said something that's very important. It's like a religion, and it's the same game. And 
you know, you've got a 100-year-old guy that saw Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig play, but he's also talking to you about Manny Machado. And it's like, oh, we're together now. You know, it's not like a difference in music. You know, if I'm listening to music now versus, you know, like Creedence Clearwater Revival, you know, it's not really the same thing, even though there are musical instruments involved. But baseball, it's so wild that the game hasn't changed. Like, for some odd reason, 90 feet to first was the perfect distance because nobody's blowing that out of the water. 60 feet, six inches is good. Besides that year, Bob Gibson terrified hitters, and they had to change the mound. But otherwise, oh, yeah, it's... Bob Gibson's Bob Gibson stories are, are fantastic. They're I the mean, best. The guy, the guy hits a home run on him his last at bat. Uh, Pete Lecoq hits that home run. And then Pete Lecoq comes up to bat in a like an old-timers game, <laughs> and Bob throws at him. That's the best thing like, ever. Oh, my God. It's like, dude, this guy, this man was serious about stuff. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I would probably cry like if I talked to him. I wouldn't know. I mean, I always wanted to meet the guy, but it's like my buddy is a huge, huge, huge St. Louis fan. So he's from your neck of the woods down in southern Illinois. Yeah. And um, but he's a huge St. Louis fan. He's always wanted to meet Bob Gibson. I said, and he, we both looked at each other. I think we probably pissed our pants, you know, because he probably looks so intimidating. Like, what do you want? No, nothing, yeah. sir. I'm, we're gonna go over here now. But like, it's like then, then, but then, but then he goes with a. There's a there's a photo out there, and I've seen it. It's on the internet, but isn't on the internet. And, um, but he's holding hands with Bob Euchre in one of the the team photos. There's a, there's there's one where he's holding hands with Bob Euchre in the they took the team photo, and him and him and Euchre are holding hands, which is hysterical because they said those teams those St. Louis teams were so uptight like wanting to win so hard they would lose it and then they said when they put Euchre on the team you know he wasn't a great ball player he did get three home runs off of Hall of Famers yeah that's but right he only got three Fergie Jenkins um. Colfax and I can't think of the other one right now. Yeah, but it's it's three home um, three home runs. It's like, but they said he like lightened the whole place up. Like he would come in and do goofy stuff. He'd do his jokes. He'd be, he'd do funny stuff, and like the team kind of loosened up. And I'm like, that's that's kind of like baseball. Like I, I've dealt with people, you know, whatever. I mean, look at people. It's like you know, you don't you go to a baseball game. You look at some people like. Oh my god, this guy looks dangerous. I don't want to go. And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I like this guy." And then oh, they should, they should, they should do the double. They should do it. They should bunt here. And it's, it's like you meet all these people, and people like Philly fans get a bad rap. You know, maybe some do, maybe some are. I don't know. There's bad fans everywhere. But when you go to a ball game there, everybody's like family. You know, y'all yell, y'all say stuff. It's just a lot of fun, man. That's that's one thing with baseball, man. I've noticed more than any other sport I've been to, that, that the fans are just a different group of people. Yeah, not You know, and I'm a – you go. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't um, – I agree with you 100%. You know, I don't know what it is about the game that does that, but it's – I mean, it breaks down walls for sure, you know, and it's just uh, – it's, it's very – like, I think maybe the statistics and numbers have a lot to do with it a little bit because it gives people something to talk about, but also it's sort of just a simple sport. Like, I think it's a simple thing anyone can play, you know, like football sort of complicated where you've got to put on like helmets and pads and stuff like that. And then basketballs, you know, sort of the same way you got to have a court to do it. But baseball sort of something that's easy to grasp and concept because it's just a ball and a stick. You put your hat on and you go to work. 
And it's sort of like, you know, how people do it on a daily basis. You know, it's it's really simple. You put your hat on and you go to work. And that's what it is to be a baseball player. You know, all it takes is just a bat and a ball. And it almost seems like, like I've started playing baseball more. And I know you said you had bought a pitch back, you know, to like play yeah. catch with you, which just bounces off the net. And it's sort of like that's just how baseball is. Like we all feel like we could play the game because it's essentially a kid's game. Because we all learn it when we're kids. And it's still great to play it when we get older. And I mean, maybe it has something to do with that, but it for sure is, you know, the vet is one of the places I wish I could have went because I know you mean like Phillies fans and Yankees fans, like they'll all get bad raps because they boo their players. But it's sort of like what you said with Bob Gibson, like he was a monster on the mound, but like, you know, really nice, like lighthearted guy in life. You don't have to be one thing. And I think when competition's involved, I think you're allowed to be a little cutthroat. It's like when guys throw at guys. Like in today's game of baseball, it's really frowned upon if you like throw one in a guy's hip because he hits a home run off of you or whatever. But like, I just think that's part of the game. Like, baseball's a physical sport. And sometimes people forget that competition's involved. And, you know, I want to beat you. But when the game's over, it's right. not like we can't be friends, you know? But I think, I think competition. Right. They're, they're not knife fighting in the tunnel. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, like, I definitely, like, when we were, you, I know you were, you were definitely, uh, like the idea of it. And I miss it because, you know, when you slid into second, you, you went to second, your whole psyche was to separate that man from the ball and stop the double play. Or he's got me. He's going to get me. But you're not getting the guy behind me. You're, get, you're not getting my teammate. You know what I mean? You, or, or, or the, the slide, the busty, Buster Posey rule. I'm not even going to honor that with a, with, a, with a comment other than saying it's stupid. I'm not even going to discuss the point because – I'm running down the base path full tilt in a cloth uniform and a hat. That's it. And my spikes. That's it. I'm crashing into a man in full leather with with a head with a face guard, a metal face guard, and shin pads. Now, granted, you might he might throw the throw the mask off. You want? I mean, you're both taking a risk at crashing into one another to get to the plate. You know, I. I does it happen all the time? How many plate collisions are there? It's not every single game. Yeah, it's unfortunate he gets he gets bumped into. He got knocked down. And he got injured. It's, but but you know what if he stretches too far and pulls rips a hammy or something? I mean, okay, you know I don't. That's that's the part of the game I kind of miss that they don't. That's not there anymore. It seems. Yeah, it's you know, an or if you do it, or if you do it, they they look at you like. Oh my God, he's such a monster! I remember when Utley. Well, I don't know about the Utley collision, but I'm just saying. I remember when that collision happened. Everybody was all up in arms. It's like he's aggressive. You know, he's playing aggressive. I mean, sometimes a little too aggressive, but he's playing the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I like it's like that in football too. Every day, I think like football players relish the big hit and can and still consistently do it, and they'll pay the fine and keep playing ball. And it's like baseball. Right. I, I get what they're trying to do. Like, you don't want to see anybody get injured. Like, the guy that Chase Utley hit, I don't think ever played baseball like, you know, he really should have again. And it's sort of like the thing with Ray Fossey and Pete Rose. Well, like, you don't want to see yeah. a guy get hurt. But at the same time, you don't want to, you know, take away from the game, I think. And baseball's right. in a weird spot right now because it's not what it used to be. And I know... 
a lot of it's because maybe because a lot of the contact's gone, a lot of the speed in the game is gone. And you have to figure that guys are going to definitely start to hit more home runs if, you know, if contact hitting doesn't play well because you can't do things like take out the second baseman and take out the catcher. I don't know if I know really how to solve that problem. I imagine a lot of, I think players in today's game probably don't relish the contact as much because they get paid so much and there's so much yeah. money on the line. So, um, there's so much risk. You're, I mean, you're taking out as much a risk crashing into something. Like if I run into you and you run into me, I'm 50 years old. You shoot over 50. You're, you're in your 30s. You, you run into me, I'm going to get hurt. You know, I'm probably going to hurt myself if crashed into a younger guy. But it's like you got to think about the risk. But my thing is to say never, ever, ever, ever you could do this versus, all right, that hit was out of line. We got to look at this. Or this was out of line. We got to look at that, you know. But to say never, ever, I, that's the part I don't, I don't yeah. relish in. You know, well, that, I that, think that a, never, ever. Well, I think a lot you know, of it. I'm not, like you're playing church surf softball. I mean, you're not going to take out the pastor. You know what I mean, or, or or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you might. I don't know. But I'm yeah, just saying, it depends you know how bad I want to win. Like, you know, it's how bad you want to win. But I'm just saying, it's like I think the thing is, is that to say like you can't be a, I guess that to say that they can't be, and I wish, like you just said, the short ball, the fast ball, the whitey ball from the '80s. Oh my God, I wish that would come back. You want to beat the shift? Bunt, just bunt. Roll it down there. They're not going to, by the time they get to it, you know, you know, bunt the guys over, steal bases, you know, stuff like that. Like, that stuff is, like, like literally gone out of the game. I mean, the guy's like, like Ricky Henderson. I mean, come on. He was stealing bases when he walked into the stadium. He was already on second. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a, you look at the amount of ba- stolen bases he had per season. There's teams that don't have that many sometimes. Oh yeah, not you at know? all, man. I uh, I think that style of game is bound to come back at some point because it seems you know if you look at like the Tampa Bay Rays, they are very innovative and they tend to do things that people aren't doing now. And sometimes I think baseball might be like that, where everything's just cyclical. It's like music or cars or any sort of trend you would get. And I think at some point, some team is going to look for an advantage. And they're going to stockpile their dudes up with speed. Like, I know the White Sox right now, Tony La is using Billy Hamilton a lot as, you know, trying to get him on base and steal bases and stuff like that. And he'll, he'll you know, right now he's like, he'll send guys to third base. And I can count, like this year, I feel like I've seen more guys steal third than, hell, I've seen in a long time. Even like I've seen Fernando Tatis Jr. steal third once or twice, I think. And I know, like, the Padres and the White Sox seem to be doing a little bit of stuff like that where they're getting more aggressive on the bases because it's a weird thing with the data where it says that, you know, on paper that you probably shouldn't do it, but there's, you know, Ricky Henderson was, you know, really throwing pitchers off their game because if you knew the threat of steel was at first, then your, you know, the pitcher's concentration is going to get thrown off a little bit. your Your eye is just always there. And then your catcher isn't even seated well because he knows, you know, one of these pitches is going to come in. I'm going to have to jump up, and then I'm going to have to fire it down the second. You know, I mean, I think it, it upsets the balance so much yeah. that you've got a guy that's a threat to steal. Because the first baseman, he's a little off because he's like, i got to hold this guy on. Oh, yeah, because you know, defense gonna, is effective. The, the pitcher yeah. the the is going to do a quick swing over to me, and it would be stupid if I missed it and roll away. 
And then the guy at second's like, you know, he's trying to watch where the ball goes, but he's like, oh, man, this guy could come running down. I got to cover it, you know what I mean? The catcher's kind of off, you know, he's like on his haunches, like, like you know, like as soon as that ball comes in, I got to get it right back out and right back through. You know, there's a lot to that. There's, I mean, you really, you've upset like a, like a court, like almost half the infield is, is off because you might run. Yeah, and it you almost know? seems like run. it almost could be a pretty decent way to combat the shift, you know, because like you said, you're getting players out of position. So if there's a threat to steal, you know where the first baseman's at. If the guy on second runs, you know, someone's going to have to go cover second, and that's going to mess some things up. And, I mean, it, it, do, it does a lot, you know, because there are a lot of moving parts in baseball. Like when you watch the game, it's sort of like, oh, this is like a pretty simple thing. But, you know, little stuff like that, you know, the threat of a bunt and – stealing and stuff like that that's why like I think a lot of it will come back because I know they've changed the ball some and um I think obviously guys are you know taking less if any steroids at this point so home runs are a little uh it's a little harder to get yoked throughout the season I think but yeah um I do enjoy I think too I think with the newer ball too it seems like the pitchers have a lot more control on it I don't know if that's the case or not I know they said the stitches are raised on it so I don't know if that gives them a better grip and they're able to, you know, groove it in a little bit more. I'm not. I'm not really sure, but I mean, I home runs are nice. I mean, I was recently. I was at the Orioles game, not the not last night, but like Saturday Saturday. And um, but the leadoff hitter for I can't think of the guy's name now. Jeez. Um, for 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 Baltimore, he got like two home runs. He um, went five for five. It was just unbelievable. Wait, is that Jonathan VR? No, no. Uh, no. He might not even be on the Orioles heard. anymore. I thought I heard his name mentioned no, no. the other day. Uh, no, I'm trying to think of his name now. I got my score. I got. That's another thing too. I got my scorecards. I absolutely love them. I sit there at the game. I got my little book with me, and I, I track the whole game. You know, and I go Mullins, Mullins. Oh, I don't even know if I know who that is. I haven't watched yeah, any. He's just, he's just, yeah, he's like their center fielder, but he went like yeah. five for five, scored three runs, got two home runs, just crazy. You know what I mean? It's just like we were watching the balls fly out of there. I think I think it was like six home, five or six home runs that day. <laughs> I was like, man, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of home runs. I was just sitting there like, wow. I said the night before, um, uh, I went to see um, the Phillies and um, Washington. And um, Scherzer was pitching against uh, Zach Wheeler. Oh, so, you were, you mean, were at that game? Like, I was, yeah, I was at Scherzer Damn, and Wheeler on at. Friday. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I drive for baseball. I'm, I'm like Dude. an hour south of, I'm like an hour south of Philly, even though I have many seasons to them. But I'll go to Baltimore sometimes, and it's like I'm like 40 minutes Dude, of, to Baltimore. I want to go to Baltimore so, bad. As soon as my daughter gets a little older, it's road trip central. Like there's nothing like a good baseball road trip. Um, I'd oh, love to go to know, that Baltimore man. Stadium. <laughs> it's nice. You let me know. We'll go. Um, yeah, I'll so do it 100. percent So we went. We went to. Um, we went to the game on Friday with mm-hmm. my daughter, who's now 21, which nice. is really something. So hang on, yeah. hang on to your hat, my friend, because you know she used to. She when you, I remember that it was funny when you were talking about your daughter and you were watching baseball. She crawled up on you. Mine. When she was little, I used to watch the Braves on TBS because uh-huh. that's what you could watch in oh, Buffalo. Yeah. So she would climb up and say, what are we watching? Baseball. Oh, baseball. And she'd you know, go off and, 
You know, she'd come back. Still watching baseball? Yeah. Okay. And then off she'd go. <laughs> and then now she's like, she's like my right hand. Like, she's like all into it. It's like, you know, father and daughter game. It's like, I said, well, do you mind if tip? No, no, we're going. We're going. Now she's going to have a drink at the game, which is just yeah. really weird. And it's like we went and we had a, we had like a blast. But watching Scherzer pitch against Wheeler, I mean, this was like surgical precision type type game. It was a oh, two to yeah. one. It was tight. It was and these pitchers were just throwing like the two. I would I would I could watch them two pitch all day, you know. And then I go to see the Indians and the Orioles the next day, and it's like cutting a cake with a shovel. I mean, like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> these guys are precise. You're just hucking it in there, ain't you? That's amazing. See, I have to remember that it analogy, just, man. Use it with everything. It was, oh God. It was just, and then apparently Sunday was even worse. They didn't even bother. They didn't even bother with the shovel. They just grabbed pieces off. It was. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I, that's what I love about it, though. You could watch, like I said, you could sit there and watch a game. And it'd be like, oh God, oh, he went, oh, just, oh, look out, oh. And then you can sit there and like, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, run, run. Yeah, how do you score that? Well, that's a e three on the on the throw and not on the play because the guy wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> like the bad news bears out there. Jeez, man, which that, is a highly underrated that, movie, by the way. Dude, that's one very true. But two, like, that's the thing with baseball. Like two things. Like one. Baseball's been playing for like 120 years or something like that. And you can still, like, it's still interesting, which is so wild. Like, I'll swear I'll see things in a game that I've never seen before. Like the Javi Baez play that happened about two or three weeks ago. I'm like, what in the world happened? And my brother texts me and he's like, that first baseman's the dumbest guy in the world. And I'm like, well, before you say that, in the heat of the moment, because that was a young first baseman, too. I didn't know if he was a first baseman yeah. by trade. He was a young dude. When you're in the middle of a baseball game and somebody does something that you could never imagine, your brain will just freeze. And you'll be like, what do I do? And I know that's what that first baseman was thinking. Because he's like, I've never seen somebody just run home before. <laughs> What's going to happen? I, yeah, then, I, I've never, I've never, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was just like, shouldn't he just, oh, God. And it's like, I thought, but the thing is, though, too, if you get in somebody's head like that, you know, they will. Oh, that's what they it will. is. It's so much about getting you know? in the head. Out of all the sports, baseball is, I mean, I, I've never played football, right? Football's got a lot of intense play. So I won't say it's more so than any sport, but it requires, you got, there's a lot working upstairs. You have to do so many things at once. You know, you're trying to anticipate a pitch. You're thinking about your swing. It's like recording this podcast. I'm thinking what I'm going to say, but I'm trying to listen. And meanwhile, like, I'm skipping work. So it's like, what are we doing here, right? So yeah. many things happen. And that's why, like, you can appreciate so much of what Javi Baez did in the play because he's such a fast thinker. And that's sometimes why, like, I look at the game and I'm like, yeah, we're sort of in a different era, you know, with just like this home run hitting and stuff. And some people like it. Some people right. hate it. I'm sort of just like I'm along for the ride because good stuff like that still happens. And I think it's guys like Javi Baez that will help the game evolve a little bit because when he becomes a free agent, if he leaves the Cubs, one, I'll be super depressed. And then two, I will uh, like follow him along because he does such these these great things. And I think he's such a good ball player. He influences maybe even a lot of what managers will look for because, you know, I bet, you know, there are a lot of coaches on that field that are like, what the hell did he just do right now? You know, and that's a lot of quick thinking. Like they have mental skills coaches now that just specialize 
and the mental aspect of the game. And that's a lot of what makes it so interesting. Like that one, like, okay, so at the, 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 the Phillies game where he got caught, like, like Jankowski comes into, I mean, we get a double. I mean, Tyne runs at second, man, and we got the meat of the order coming up. And here they come, here they come. It's like, man, we're, I said, though, you can just feel the stadium, like, light up. I mean, fans are just screaming. Reese ripped that one out of there. He's on second. They put a pinch runner in. Like, okay, Jankowski comes in the pinch run, you know. Guy should should know what's going on and all this other stuff and whatnot, and all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden he um he takes off and it's like he gets caught and like the catcher like saw him and was like the fumble the catcher saw him and he was like oh yeah yeah running 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 he takes off after him and it's like they're like he's gonna get caught in the rundown and he doesn't he just. He just runs right at him, and I don't think Jankowski knew what was happening, and he just tags him out because Jankowski's like flat-footed, didn't know which way to run. Yeah, and it was like you're out, and that's that was, and then, and then the batter now he's screwed up because his brain's all, you know, like well now what am I gonna do? And then he strikes out, and then they then they pop up the last guy. You know, it's yeah. like that's that's nuts. I mean, plays I like that, that dude, I don't know, but plays like that are big momentum changers, dude. Like, that's why, like, I love watching plays like that so much because you just see stuff happen like that. Then you could feel like the, you know, the momentum of the game change a little bit because then, like, the players are shook up because, like you said, the hitter's like, wait, what just happened? What do I do now? Then he strikes out, next guy pops up, and it's like, those are the things that's that I've it. noticed, like, you know, not having baseball, you know, or just a little bit of baseball last season. It's like I noticed like the little nuances of the game more and uh-huh. they're exciting to watch. Yeah, it's like, but like I said, I, you, you, I could, I, we were just, I walked out. My daughter looked at me like, what just happened? Like, how did this, what, how, what, what was that? You know, how did this happen? You know, and then that's the thing. It's like, you, we can't, it's like, it's amazing. The things you see in the game, like, I was talking to my wife today. It's like, um, you know, I was talking about the time I went to, I was in uh, Toronto. I saw, I saw the triple play today. I think it was the twins had a triple play today. And I was like, triple plays. And there's something you don't see that often. You know, you see home runs all the time. You don't see triple plays. That's very rare. So I happened to go to a, at the Blue Jays game. We went to a Yankee game. I think I told you the story. We went to a Yankee game and, um, it got rained out. My dad wanted to take me to see the Yankees because we were Yankee fans and all this other stuff. And, um, growing up and then, um, it was like, it rained out. It was horrible. I saw this guy with these two kids, this tall man. And my dad goes, you know who that is? I says, no, I said, who's that? He said, that's uh, Pierre Trudeau. And I, those are his, those are his sons. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's really kind of cool. It's the prime minister of Canada at the time. I was like, well, all right. And then I said, "Well, we'll go to a, we'll go to a game against the White Sox." And I'm like, "Okay, I don't even." Okay, so we went to the White Sox game. And there was the first triple play in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays. I saw it. I was nice. there. And then when you look it up on their, their their website, it said Pierre Trudeau and his sons were there at at the game. And I was like, I remember everything about that day. They gave away these really bad plastic blue ponchos they had in the late seventies. <laughs> There were like these plastic jackets that yeah. had like the, the team sticker on. They were they were terrible. They had like pretend vents on the back of them, like they were going to help you from not sweating to death. 
Dude, it's like those plastic so things that players used to wear, like in the baseball cards, like all like old school baseball cards, you know, because I guess tops would take the pictures in spring and they'd all have like the cheap plastic, the you know, windbreak. Yeah. Yeah, the final. Yes, those were terrible. But I, I still have my. Yeah, it's like, but these are like these, like just thin sheets of plastic. But I remember that day, like anything. I remember, and I still remember seeing my dad goes, You just saw the triple play. And then it came up on the board first. Well, it looked like that's what the word said because that was the days of the lighted scoreboard. Yeah. But it was yeah. like the first triple play in the history of the Toronto Blue Jays. It's like, I was there. It, it, you know what I mean? I was there. I was there with, now I'm there with the current, I went, I went to the game with the current Prime Minister of Canada. We can put that on my list of Dude, that's awesome. famous people oh. I've done stuff with. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, the first game I took but, my wife to at Wrigley Field because she'd never been to Wrigley Field because she's from Long Island. So she grew up a Yankees fan. And so she'd always go to like, I mean, she'd go to Shea too, and then they'd go to old Yankee Stadium. And the first Cubs game I took her to, Jason Hayward hit a walk-off grand slam. Dude, I was so pumped. Well, one, I was so pumped to see it. But two, like I was glad that, you know, that happened at the first game, you know, in Chicago that we went to together because it's something that I'll always remember, man. Just like, you know, being there with the, you know, current prime minister and, you know, you just got like these little baseball memories where you see the triple play and things like that, man. What's the... um. Dude, so you've been to a lot of stadiums that aren't standing right now, right? Like that. Yep. Where, where was the Triple Play at? Was that? Did you? That guys, was an exhibition stadium in uh, Toronto. That's where, like, it's, all uh, those old school, like that they were playing there in the mid '80s, right? Like, I don't think the new stadium opened till the late '80s. Is that right? The new, yeah, the new stadium was like the late '80s because I went to I went to a game there in '90. I went to well. I went to a couple games at Exhibition Stadium. I was there a couple times. Yeah, uh, we went a couple times. Saw, I saw Dave Kingman. Oh, oh my God, that yes. guy! I mean, think about it. Growing up, like like we did not like now. Every team has two, maybe three guys that can just power it out of there. Yeah, just hitting them like you know, lighting it all up. Then there was well, there was this guy and uh, Vince Coleman. And, uh, you know what I mean? You, there wasn't a lot of, like, power, like, thunder. I mean, no, like, no, it was the 80s. Oh, it yeah. wasn't a lot of home runs. It wasn't, like, a lot of home runs, like, in, in like, the 70s and 80s. Like, there was, home runs weren't a big deal. And it, it, it was rare. You, it didn't, that's not even rare you saw one, but it was, like, it was a it was a deal, you know? Oh, it was. I remember you know, watching now, the TBS WGN days. Like, I remember you would, like, it seemed like I would barely see a home run, you know? And, like, when you saw one on TV, it was just like, dude, that just happened. And I remember always being like, I saw that home run. And I was so proud that I saw that home run because it didn't yeah. happen a lot. Yeah, it was like, yeah, so it was like, that's that's what I'm saying. It was like, it's such a big deal. So I saw Kingman there, and I saw a couple of different teams there. But then we went to, it was such a weird stadium because it was a CFL, the Toronto Argonauts uh, football stadium. And they kind of just put the field in the corner sort of thing yeah, for it. Yeah, because I like, remember, okay. I've watched a few of those it was games like on weird. YouTube. It's like, yeah. Yeah, when you watch the games on YouTube, look at the, it would be the left field bleachers. They're straight. <laughs> it's like, it's, so you only sit in like one, it's just, it was just really, I just remember going, it was like very strange stadium, like to sit at, and it was, it, but, you know, it was the closest major league team we had, you know, to go see. So, you know, my dad drove, drove us 100, 200 miles, whatever it is, to go up there to go to a game. Took me to a game, you know. So it's like, it's it's so cool, though, to, to be in these uh, some of those old stadiums. I was in, um, 
My first game I ever saw was at Atlanta, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Um, oh, the launching pad. We that's, a good, that's a good spot. Yeah, and that's we went there, and that's that's was a concrete round stadium. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And, Who did they play? And, um, San Diego. What it was year Dave was it? Winfield was playing on seventy uh, seven. Oh hell yeah! I don't even think I can name any Braves from seventy seven. But yeah, I guess you had yeah. Dave Winfield. That was before probably Ozzie Smith was a Padre, right? I think maybe he was a Padre like in seventy nine or eighty. I don't know. But, yeah, late, late. I think early eighties. Well, yeah, so I saw Don, Gaylord Perry uh, might have been a Padre. I think Gaylord Perry was a Padre for a while, and um, who was it? Don yeah. Zimmer, I think. Gary, the Gary Padres. Matthews was Gary Matthews. Oh, I think was still on. Was still I love on the Gary Matthews. He was a damn good Cub. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot. There was like, but I'm saying, I just remember going to that game, and it was like. Then we went to Atlanta as a family. I took my kids. We went to. I said, "Well, we got to go to a game." In Atlanta, we're in Atlanta. We, we, my wife, God love her. She's the, probably the best thing in the world that kept me from dying. But she, she's like, "Well, yeah, you can go to your ball game." So, well, I want to go to Atlanta, and I said, "I want to, I want to go to, I want to go to the new Turner Field, or whatever, whatever it was that." And we went, and I took my family to Turner Field. So then, in the parking lot where Fulton County was, because it's in the parking lot for Turner Field, there's a wall. And it has the 715 on it. It has where, where Hank Aaron's ball went out. It's just that one section of wall. And I was like, I read about it. And I'm like, I told my wife, I said, I got to go find this thing. And of course, that day it's raining. We get there in Atlanta and it starts, it just starts pouring. And I'm like, I got to find this. I got to find this thing. And they're like, okay, we're just going to stay here under the overhang because we were waiting out the rain delay. And I said, well, I'm going to go find this. So I'm wandering across this parking lot. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just like, I'm pretty sure it's over here somewhere. And I'm just like walking through the parking lot. The rain is like coming down in sheets by the time I get to it. But I'm like, I have to find this thing. I have to find this thing. So I went all the way out and I found it. And I took, of course, I took all the pictures with it. And I come walking back and I'm like, I'm drenched. And then luckily the rain let up and they, they played the game. But it was like, it was like to touch it, like this to 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 see it was just something. I'm I'm a huge like I like just like you said, like I saw that. I was there. I, I was in the spot where this happened. I don't have to be there when it happened, but this this is a moment in history happened right here. This is this is where the game like changed completely. The whole world flipped upside down that day. You know? Yeah, I had that it's like, feeling it's, it's so it's so cool, like to see stuff like that. Like in Pittsburgh, you can stand where the first home plate was during the first World Series. It's behind a dumpster in a parking lot. It's painted on the ground, but that's where it happened, man. Ty or um, Honus Wagner and Cy Young was pitching. Not just a, not just a, a name of an award. He was actually there. You know what I mean? He was sixty feet from that spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, I mean, that's got to be pretty cool to see that because I don't, I know like I've been in situations like that before. It's almost like when I go back home and I look at stuff that's been built and I'll remember like, hey, this used to be like something completely different. So it's got to be a great feeling to like stand there where home plate was and look around and it's not what it used to be, but you can just like imagine like what this used to be and there were actual legends that played here. And there's something about that feeling. I have like, 
for my next podcast, I'm going to talk about like Lou Gehrig, because to me, Lou Gehrig has always sort of been this like mythological person that almost doesn't seem real because he's such a baseball legend, sort of like Babe Ruth. Right. And when you sit there and you're talking yeah. about Honus Wagner and Cy Young, those are guys like you said, they're not just like Cy Young's not just an award like that was a real life person. And sometimes those guys are so big, they don't seem real. But then to stand at the spot where home plate was has to be such an amazing feeling because it makes all of that feel real. And when baseball had this, like, you know, like the all the ALS, um, like Lou Gehrig Day a few days ago or whatever, MLB.com published a really good article that talked about Lou Gehrig's 1938 season and how about uh, that year, like during spring training, is when, you know, they were pretty much able to determine that's when his first symptoms of ALS happened, you know, like, like, you know, like his hands started to atrophy some. He didn't have a lot of coordination when he was running the bases, lost a lot of strength, slowed down a lot. And I was looking at his baseball reference page because he had a phenomenal 1937 then in 1938. He still had a great year, which is so wild, but all of his numbers dropped by about 50 or 60 points. And I was looking at his baseball reference page and I was like, that's when it happened. And you know, having like the Lou Gehrig day, like made it seem so much more real that Lou Gehrig was like an actual person and not like just this mythological thing that was so far before our time. And I don't know what it did to me, but when you said that you were standing on home plate, which was now behind a dumpster, how it gave you like this feeling in a sense, I sort of had that same when I looked at Lou Gehrig's baseball reference and I saw 1937 with these outstanding numbers. And then I saw 1938 with these numbers that had dropped a lot and then 1939 where he only played like eight games and I don't know what the feeling was but it felt real and I was like oh that's when it happened and I could just see it you know and it was somehow like I was like transported in this time machine to where like I sort of felt closer to 1938 and I think that's one of the things that baseball can do is it sort of just like can take you back to those times. You know, you're running around, you know, Fulton County Stadium looking for the 715 sign. And when you get there, it's like it sort of transported you in that moment. And, you know, you can sort of celebrate those players. It's a wild feeling like I can't describe it, but it felt it felt real. And it just I don't know. It was very interesting. I sat at a game once and um, I said my dad and I. We didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff over time. But when it came to baseball, I was that kid that sat on the porch every day waiting for dad to come home from work at the steel plant to play catch. I kind of grew up a lonely kid, but it was like we would play catch every night and we would talk about the games that we played. And he would tell me about when he went to who he saw. He saw Bob Feller pitch. He, you know, he saw Warren Spahn play. He saw Sibby Sisti play. He saw these different players over time play, play the game. And it's like, then, you know, we would talk about the game. Then we'd go in and I'd sit, sit down. I had made up my own scorecard. I'd keep score to the game with him and he'd show me how to keep score. And, you know, so now when I'm doing it at the games, I got my scorecard. But I always think about it. I was like, man, this is so cool. Dad would have loved to have seen this. Boy, I can't wait to go home and tell him this. Now, he, now he's been gone 11 years now. And then it's, it's like so, it's so, it's so, like I said, one time I sat at a game. I felt like this peace, and I know it sounds all hokey. People, eh, it's good. I mean, it just felt like everything was right with the world. I had my family with me, games going on. It was a minor league game. The game's going on. I got my card. I got my hot dog. I'm just like watching the game go, and it's like, wow. 
this is this is it, man. Right here, take me up. If the aliens are gonna come get me, today's the day. Come get me, because I said I was just in a peaceful place with this. And my father-in-law was a huge baseball fan. You couldn't even talk to the guy if the Yankees were on. You'll call the house because the Yankees are playing. You're a hardcore Yankee fan. I was number one son-in-law because I knew baseball. Like, as soon as I met the guy, we're watching baseball together, and I'm, we're talking about different things. You know, and every time he, he'd forget a player or needs something looked up, I'd go and go to my almanac. That was before computers. You had to, for, the, for the kids out there, you know, an almanac, you had to go and look at the book. And it thumbed through page after page to find the find the, the stat, and he would write that write that down. It would be like you know, it was always it was always something over baseball. I got so many I met so many people, and like you said, it's like it transcends. Like, I mean, I met Kent Tacovi. Now, if my friends listen, I, I I'm sorry, dude. It's a it's a silly plug, but if Kent Tacovi um, was a main was a big guy when I was growing up as a kid. Every kid I knew tried to throw that sidearm in. Oh, yeah. And and you would be running down the street chasing the ball trying to keep it from going down the store. <laughs> you know, because everybody tried to do it. So 1979, I'm sitting in the lunchroom. I can see it like yesterday. I had a Kung Fu lunchbox. And I'm talking to this kid, you know, it's my buddy Bill. And I'm talking to him. And the Orioles had gone up, I think, three games to none. Or it was two games. I mean, the Orioles were just stomping on them the first part of that series. In oh, yeah. So we were Pirates fans. We liked the Pirates. And I was like, I kind of lost faith. I'm like, I know the Orioles are just going to win it. I don't even care. And then we got into an argument, and I almost hit him in the face with my Kung Fu lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and nice. I could see it. I could see this. I could see the nun coming over to yell at us for, for arguing in the lunchroom, you know, and defending whatever. And I just remember, like yesterday, the next thing you know, Kentucky. He pitches the final out. Pirates, the, we are family. I mean, it's all the all good and stuff. So that was, the, I think, fourth or fifth grade. Fourth or fifth grade. We're still friends to this day. And still he won't ever let me live that down that I doubted the Pirates. <laughs> so fast forward, fast forward to like 2017 or 18. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm on, it, it Bill, it's Bill's birthday. I'm in Pittsburgh. He's in Arizona. I'm I'm walking around the stadium. I saw an autographed Kets Kobe card, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's not that bad. I'll get that for him for his birthday. And it's like, okay. So I walk, and the lady goes, you know, Kent's here today. I'm no like, way. Where? Where? Yeah, he's like, Kent's here, like doing a broadcast because he did like the the pregame and stuff. She's so like, well, Kent's here. So so my buddy Tim, my other friend, that's a hardcore baseball guy, we go. And we're standing there looking at Kent Tacovi. And he, I wouldn't doubt there's probably a security officer coming up the stairs because like these two grown huge dudes are like staring at Kent Tacovi. <laughs> and it's like, and I, and I asked, I asked the producer, I says, can I, can I talk to Kent for like a minute? You guys are like, well, wait, wait till the broadcast is over. Wait till the broadcast is over. I probably would have pushed a kid. Oh, 100%. Point. <laughs> Get out of my <laughs> way, man. I'm sorry, man. I, you know what? I'll, I'll pay for your kid's college education. Sorry about shoving your kid. That's amazing. But I felt so bad. It was like, but we were just staring there looking at this guy. And Kent's like looking like, hey, guys. Okay. So I, I told him the story about it. So Kent goes, um, do you need me to sign anything? I says, yeah. Could you do me a favor? Could you write me a note? So John, sorry. Kent says it's Okay. <laughs> And I, yes. so he fills this, I love he it. This out. 
he writes this out on paper and then he, he puts it he gives it to me and I send it to Bill and he's like, Oh my god, he's just that Kent. That's I the said, best yeah, thing ever. Kent. I said, Here's his autograph card, but Kent says it's okay. So every time he brings it up, hey look, Teak said it was okay. I I don't need to hear nothing about it. <laughs> Teak has, has allowed me back into the fold. <laughs> you know, it's you you my, my moment of doubt, I says, you know, you can't you can't do nothing about it. But yeah, that was that was probably like some of the coolest stuff. But like I said, fourth grade, fourth grade. This is now that was 1979. We're sitting here in 2021, which yeah. is you know I might as well be a million years ago. And still, I guarantee I call his house right now and tell tell and say something. He'll say, "Oh, you were pretty orgasm. You know, it's like just so crazy. It's like how much? How long is that for time? You know, I guarantee you, there's probably players you argued with with your friends as a kid. You know, that, oh, this guy's better than this guy. This guy's better than that guy. And, like, you could probably call him up on the phone right now and say, you know, well, this guy's better. No, he's not. You know, and they'll hang up on you. Yeah, I've, we've got – I've got a few stories like that, like, from the Sandlot ball. Like, I got a buddy, Josh, who – and, I mean, I'm 37, and so this probably would have been when I was, like, 12 or 13 – and he was pitching to me, and I, I did like a reverse Randy Johnson. So I didn't hit the bird when I was pitching, but I hit it when I was hitting. So he throws me the ball, and I hit a piss missile just like over his head, and it hit a bird midair. And that's <laughs> one of those things where we've just always talked about it after all these years where it's just like that funny moment where like we couldn't stop laughing. And it doesn't, you know. Like you said a few minutes or about 10 minutes ago, like, you know, it'll sort of sound cheesy or whatever, but like it, baseball sort of does that, you know, and you get these memories that are just so fun and they, you know, we'll tell them, we'll share them with each other till we die. And then if there's, you know, if there's any way I can haunt my buddies after I'm dead to remind them I killed a bird with a baseball, I'll probably figure out how to, you know, turn into a ghost so I can continue to do it. But those moments are awesome. And I can't believe you met Kent Takuve. Like that is, he seems like a sweetheart of a guy, like just a nice he dude. Is. He is. He's super nice. He had a heart transplant surgery. Um, you know, I remember how, if you ever see his cards, it's how little he is. Yeah, he's not a like big he guy. He's a so skinny tiny guy. And so small. Mm-hmm. But if you meet him now, he's like a big. He's like a big guy. Like yep. he's like old. He's an older man too. But he's a big guy now. But and I was there, and then we were at. The, we happened to be at the Pirates game because um, it was Kent's last broadcast, and they had like, um, you know, like a, a retrospective, like the end of the ninth inning, like and Kent like signed off. And he was waving from the booth, dude. I teared up. I just like, God. I mean, I I was like, I was emotional, like, like the rest of the night. I was like, I just could, I couldn't. I was just like, oh my God, Kent's Kent's not gonna broadcast anymore. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I just sat there and hyperventilated for like ten minutes. I'm like, dude, it's a fucking baseball game. You, oops, sorry, it's a baseball game. You need to just, like just just cool out a little, you know. I was like, I was all emotional, like for like like an hour. I, I was like, I, uh, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I wrote it on my scorecard, Kent's last game, and I was like, oh, maybe I should run up and say goodbye to him or something, you know? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I don't think crazy. that's – Listen, I don't think that's was, crazy. Like, some of my best memories are, like, you know, centered around baseball, of course, and, like, you know, if you got a guy that's calling a game and it's someone that you watch growing up, like, I don't think that's crazy at all, man. Um, like, when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, like – I mean, that brought back, like, a lot of feelings, too, because my grandpa had died, like, in 
Uh, I think that was like in 2009. So that was like, what, seven years after that. And like, I've always, like, I'll always get emotional a lot when I talk about baseball or think about baseball or even just life in general. Like, it sounds like the weirdest thing, but it was, my daughter was probably two months old and my wife was giving her a bath. And she got out of the bath and she's drying her off and stuff. And I'm helping get her dressed. And like, as weird as it sounds, like I got emotional in that moment because it reminded me of like being a kid and, you know, playing baseball when my dad got home, then having to run in to get a bath to do my homework and then go to bed. And it sort of like transported me because like I was doing that, you know, with my daughter. And it sort of like was like something that I had done with my parents previously and when I thought about it, you know, it just sort of took me back in that moment. And my wife's like, are you crying? And I was like, no, my eyes are just watering a little bit. But it brought back a lot of emotion. And I don't think that's completely crazy because as Kent called in his last game and you're crying like a little baby, it's because you think of all these moments that you had, you know, you know, where like you're watching baseball and your daughter walks up to you and she's like, hey, you still watching baseball? Yeah. And then she walks off, you know, and then all of a sudden you're going to games with that 21 year old daughter having a blast. And all those things sort of, you know, converge on this, you know, emotional moment that's happening where, like, you think of all these things. And, I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, like I said, my I got, like I said, my other best friend, I, I hate to keep bringing friends into it, but we, my mom was dying. She was in hospice. She was, like, three states away, and I'm, I'm an mm-hmm. only kid. So, it's like, I, my, my dad was, my dad, my father, all my family was gone. The only one left was my mom. So I kept driving from here to New York to Buffalo and back and forth and back and forth. It's like an eight-hour run. So my best friend now from Illinois, Southern Illinois, he goes, you know, why are you doing that? Are you okay? You want you want somebody to go with you? I says, well, I, I, my family can't go all the time. I got to do it solo. You know, I go up and check on her every couple of days. You know, every couple of weeks, I would go back and forth and back and forth. And he's like, look, he says, I'll go with you. He says, he says, we'll just we'll just drive up. He says, I'll keep company. He says, so you don't, nothing happens to you, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. So we started talking baseball. He was talking like when McGuire broke his heart. Like he said, I lost all faith in the game after that, you know, that it was all whatever that was, you know, he just, he, so we started talking baseball stories. Oh, you mean with the steroid and, era? And then, yeah, the whole, okay. the, the whole thing, because he was like hardcore, like in the, well, he's a Cardinal guy. So he's mm-hmm. hardcore into it. And then he said, McGuire, like, he's like, I, I just, couldn't watch the game anymore. It's like, I, I didn't believe it was real anymore. You know, I kind of quit on it. So we started talking about the old baseball, like the seventies baseball, the Cardinals, the, the whitey years, uh, Willie McGee, all those guys. And that's, that's another guy, Willie McGee. That's the guy that just, he loved, I think he just loved the idea that he could play baseball every day. You know, he's definitely the kind of player that I could definitely hang out with, with Willie McGee, because he was the kind of guy you always hear him talk, and they tell Willie McGee stories. Like he was a guy that just loved to play, just yeah. just had to get out there, you know. But it's like so we we were driving, and we would talk baseball, and we get we get see my mom for a while, and then we drive back and talk more baseball. So finally, he says one day, he says, "I've never been to Pittsburgh." I said, "All right, we're going." So we started going to games at the end of September. We would go to a game. So we've been doing that for about six, seven years now. Every September, we take we take a road trip. To baseball, you know, for baseball. We'll go to Cincinnati, go to Pittsburgh, go here, go there, go to New York. It's like we always do these baseball trips. So I noticed, like, when him and I take these road trips, we start talking, and next thing we know, we're there. I'm like, when did we leave? It's like an eight-hour drive. What, what, 
yeah, we're here. Wow, that was quick. Because we're just, just, just BSing, like, everything under the sun, you know. Like, uh, Bill, we'll talk about baseball, talk about this, talk about that. But it's like, it's, for some reason, it just seems like when we get talking about baseball, you know, next thing I know, I'm, I'm, pull, I'm pulling into the stadium parking lot. And I'm like, that was an hour and a half drive. We didn't shut up, you know. <laughs> it's like so crazy, you know. You do stuff like that. But, um, you know. It's it's so cool, like said, you know, that you you know, you can talk to your friends now, you talk to when you're haunted, you know. Oh yeah, I'm I'm hundred percent coming back to talk baseball. But that's I really like what you said because that's so much of like I think what baseball does is you know, is like it just gives us like a sort of a break from normal life. Like when we get older it's such like things change, you know, like we have to work full time and then we have to deal with real life problems. But baseball's just like this fun thing to like I mean it's a great distraction like you get a chance to go outside like I think going outside on a daily basis is highly underrated like mowing the yard I love to mow yards like I mowed yards from the time I was a kid and just getting outside and mowing the yard I don't care if it's 100 to 10 degrees outside like I just like to get outside and baseball sort of does that like you get outside you're in the sun you feel the breeze there's grass you know it's like baseball is a sport that it's like, it's played like we played when we were kids, you know? Like, when we were kids, like, even if we weren't playing baseball, like, we were mostly probably outside in the grass, riding our bikes around the neighborhood. And when you go to, like, a, you know, like a basketball game, you're inside. You know, it's, like, no different than going to a mall, except they're playing sports. And football's, you know, it's it's outside, but it's probably a little more complicated. But, you know... And, when, you, and, you, can't, and you can't do those other sports. Like, basketball, you have to shoot. You yeah. have to dribble. You have to be able to run fast. You have to be able to, to do all that. And I'm a big guy. I don't jump. Are you kidding me? Forget <laughs> it. I can't play that. You know, you want to play hockey. Hockey's, hockey was big when I was growing up because I grew up in, in the Niagara Frontier. It's just south of Toronto, Buffalo. It was a hockey town. It's like, but I can't skate. You can't skate. We played street hockey. That was fun. You know, we'd play out in the street in the summer and, you know, get welts and hit the little orange ball at each other until somebody broke something. You know, but it was like, you know, other than that, you couldn't really play hockey. I mean, you, your parents had to buy equipment, and you had to get ice time, all this other stuff. You know, football, if you weren't a big guy, you know, I was a big guy. I was fine. I was a lineman when I when we played, you know, in, in with I didn't play any high school or anything, but we played, like, just playing around. I always ended up being a lineman. So it was like, I can't run. And, you know, I could catch the ball really good, but I'm not that fast. You're going to catch me. You, you, there's all these traits like you have to have for all these other sports. Soccer, you have to be able to run all the time. You know, I'm not going to run up and down the field. I'll wait till the ball comes back to me, you know. But baseball, it's like you could – I mean, right now, I, I could grab my glove, put my grab, grab a bat, and, and go play. I mean, I play very well, but I can, I can play, you know. It yeah, does, It doesn't really one. matter. You, you could have like a stranger come over your house from, from – I don't care – Pick any spot in the world and say, look, come on, we're going to go play this game. The guy's like, well, what are we doing? Okay, you're going to stand here, and the guy's going to throw that, throw that big yellow ball at you, softball or something, and then you just take the stick and you hit it and you run over there. That's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to do anything else. If the ball comes near you, you catch it. You know? That's it. That's all you have to do. There's nothing else. There's not, not a lot of ex- explanations involved. You know, no, and it's like you can, you, can, you can play it anywhere like you can play it inside your house like I can count like every Christmas if there's an empty wrapping paper tube, I'm hitting something with it. You know, like you can play it inside, outside, in the street, 
anywhere. And also, like, I think part of it is the pace that it moves. Like, so many, I, I don't know if baseball fans complain about it, but sports fans in general sometimes, like, complain about the sport being slow. So that's one of Rob Manfred's initiatives. They want to speed up the game a little bit. But sometimes, like, I think it's the slowness of the game that brings people together where, you know, like life moves so fast, but when you get to a baseball field and you buy a beer and a hot dog and you have your seat, you don't have anything to do. And that doesn't happen a lot in life, you know? Like there's always something to do. Like I've always got to go to work or I've always got to take this phone call or do this or that. But baseball doesn't have a clock. You can sit down and you don't have anywhere to be. You don't have anything to do and you don't have any distractions. And I think that's what opens up the game to so much conversation. Like when you talk about this hour and a half drive that went by in five minutes, it's the slowness of the game that I think I like, you know, because it's not. I like the game like that. That's what it's supposed to be, man. When you, when you're, like I said, I got nothing. I got, you got nowhere else to, I got nothing else to do. I'm here at at the game. I'm at the game. My buddy Tim and I, were both nurses, so you know the load we're working under. So it's like when we go to a game, we're at the game. You know, phone ring, I put the phone in my pocket, you know. I, um, you know, I'll sit there and I'll watch the game, you know, and I got my scorecard, and, we, you know, we're sitting there eating hot dogs and eating food or whatever. And, you know, we're just, I mean, I'll sit in my seat the whole game. Like, I'll, sit, I'll stay in my area the whole game. We'll just sit there and watch the game. I don't want the game sped up. Leave my game alone. Like, I don't want a clock. I don't want any of that. Just fine. I'm at the game. Where are you? I'm at the game. Going to the game. That's it. I'm at the game. But at you the know? same time, like, I don't feel like I'm being like a curmudgeon. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, like, you got to make the game like in the 80s. But like, to me, the game's like always been slow. Like, I can appreciate the nuances of different eras. Like, I loved 80s baseball. I loved the 90s baseball. And I love baseball now. And it's, it's like the games move faster at some point. You know what I mean? Like different games or different lengths or whatever. But like, I don't care if it's a six hour game or a two hour game. Like the game's got like the natural breaks, like in between innings, in between pitches. And it's the possibility that just anything can happen. You know, like you go to a game where they turn a triple play and the prime minister of Canada is there. Like you can go to a game and just anything can happen because you're not, you know, you're not tied down by a clock. And, in life we are, it's like, is it five o'clock? We got to eat. Is it 7am? I got to wake up to go to work. You know? Oh my gosh, I've worked four, 10 at four, 12 hour shifts in a row. You know, everything's controlled by a clock. And sometimes it's nice just to be like, it's not, you right. know? And yeah, like I said, I'm not being through, like, get to the ballpark. Yeah, exactly. That's like, all, the only time constraint. I got to get to the game at seven. That's it. After that, we're here. But I'll tell you what, man. I can get to a game as early as they'll let me, and I'll stay at a game as late as they'll let me because I just like being on a field, you know. Like my wife and I, like if we when we go to games, we'll get there just early, and you'll see the players out on the field playing catch. And it's like, you know, if I do it right, I'm getting there about an hour before the game starts, just so I can be at the stadium, you know, just so I can be outside. I have this whole ritual when I go to games. It's like I don't care what stadium it is or where it is. I got to get to the game right before the gates open or right when the gates open. Then I walk the whole stadium. Just, I just walk the whole thing. I walk the concourse. I look at all the stuff. I go to the, uh, the authentic shop where they have all the, all the um, autograph stuff and all the stuff I can't afford and drool on the counter for a couple hours and look at all their stuff. And then, you know, look at this card. Look at this card. You want to take anything out? Nope, nope, just looking. And then I wander around the stadium. Then I go get something to eat. 
and I sit down and we have something to eat. And then we, and then I fill out my scorecard because it's, it's usually on the board then. So I'll fill out my scorecard on, and then I'll wander up to my seats. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a whole preamble to go in and I watch some of the batting practice and you watch the balls go out and you watch, see who's hitting and who's not hitting, you know, and then, then you kind of wander off and sit in your seat and then get comfortable, you know, and then, you, then I set, set my card up and, and it's like, it's so relaxing. Like one time I rushed to a game and I felt weird, like the entire game, like the whole game was just off. Like oh, yeah. um, we were supposed to go, you know, I was like late. Like I got there. At, I mean, I, I got, I was there for the opening pitch, but I had to like grab my food, run up to my seat, sit down so I could see the opening pitch. And like, we were, we were both sitting there and like, just felt like, wow, this is too rushed. I, I, it, it's no, it, it, uh, uh, you know, you just couldn't get comfortable. Like, you know, just like I had to wait a little while for to settle in like into the game. It's like, that's what I'm saying. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I like this pace of the game. I mean, it doesn't bother me that they go out to the mound and I don't care that, you know, it takes, so you know, that the guys followed off 10 pitches. I was at the game. Somebody followed off 10 pitches. Oh my God. You know, I saw that, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind a big pitcher's battle. Like a pitcher hit or bat, hitter battle like that, like when it gets about 8, 9, 10, 11, like you get to at bats like that, and I love it, man, because it's just a duel at that point. And yeah, you're like, like oh, somebody, at this point, somebody's like, going to win? Something's going to break, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like something's going to break here. You know, it's like, oh, he's going to, oh, he's going to, oh, he walked him. You know, it's like, oh, it's like a thing. Then it's like, oh, here he goes. Here he's starting out. Like I said, that was, I don't know, did you ever see the video? I can't, I was talking to tell my daughter about it the one day. Where the guy kept hitting the hitting the foul balls into the same corner of the dugout like all like four or five times. I must say it was oh, like the Dodgers funny. with Davy Lopez. I think Davy Lopez was on the team at the time. He kept hitting the foul ball in the same corner of the dugout like constantly. He, like kept playing it into the corner, and you saw the players like slowly move down the bench like out of that corner. And the next thing you know, they're all like standing behind the manager because the whole corner's all bent. <laughs> <laughs> the ball going into the dugout. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I think it was, it was. It might have been San Diego. I'm not sure, but I think it might have been San Diego. I think there, there they had the, the dugouts weren't like down. They were like, like, like on the like sort of field level. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. I think but a yeah, lot of dugouts like, used to like, be like that. Yeah, some stadiums they had it like that that they weren't like sunk in. But yeah, it's it's so cool to be on a field though. I mean, I I had the opportunity to be on the field, at a couple different events for for my other, crazy hobby with Star Wars. And I was actually on the field in my costume, and it's it's. I mean, the the line from Bull Durham, where he talks about cathedrals, he wasn't kidding. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a, that wasn't just a line. That was. I mean, I walked out onto the field, and it's like, whoa! It's like something. Scoreboard is giant stands, and it's like, it's like, oh, is you know, I've been on like a couple different fields, and, and it was like, it's amazing. It's so something to be on the field at a major league game like on physically on the field and just seeing everything it was like this is wow yeah when you talked about walking around the field like that's what i'll I'll do sort of the same thing as well where like no matter where my seats are like i've got to walk behind home plate and get that view and then walk behind the dugouts and you can like hear and see the players you know what i mean and then you know get to the outfield and you can see the outfielders and you know, it's definitely a, I mean, it, yeah, cathedral for sure. Like, because everything's just so big and bright and green and just the sounds of the game. You know, you can hear fans chanting. 
and getting loud than just having like normal conversations. It's a good time, man. But hey, listen, we're going to wrap this up, dude. We're at the hour and 10 minute mark. So we have, we got to cool, do this man. again though, because I feel like we could talk for probably three more hours. Um, yeah, we'd probably need like a list. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, but listen, don't hang up, man, because I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to save this before I'm not a tech savvy dude. That's why I always make this joke like every podcast where I'm like, hey, don't hang up. Um, but yeah. I, um, thanks for being on the show, man. And, uh, cool, man. Thanks, thanks for having me, man. Dude, right really, on. I mean, All right, dude. Well, we'll talk soon, man. Thanks. All right, cool.